All right, welcome everybody. We got uh, podcast number three coming up, coming at you. My name's Chris Brandt. We call this Wide Open with yours truly. And uh, Ross Robinson, my co-host here. We've, uh, so it's pretty cool. This is, uh, this is episode number three. And uh, Ross, the first two have gone pretty dang well. Yes, it's been super exciting. Everybody's been loving the first two podcasts. We're uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play right now, and also on YouTube, if you're watching right there. And so we really appreciate you guys watching, listening, and sharing um, on social that you're listening and tagging us. We really love to see it. You guys are shooting us questions, which is great. And uh, man, we already have so much that we can talk about over the summer. So I'm really excited. Well, and you know, it's great to hear what people are wanting to to chat about. But I mean, in in all honesty, this is I mean, we're we're snowmobilers, right. and you know, between. Just me, you, Kyle in the shop, and Andrew all the time, and uh, that's pretty much all we do. We live, eat, sleep, drink, snowmobiling, and so we thought this would be a great place to uh, to chat about it. Yep, exactly. Uh, and it, it it's just cool that people are like, man, finally a snowmobiling podcast, which you know is proving our theory right, and we're so excited about it. I think I'm might be the most excited about it, <laughs> but it's well, really exciting. It is. Um, so with that, let's dive into the topic uh, for number three here, and it's how to become a better snowmobiler. Yep. Um, and, you know, this is something that, well, we've I've somehow found a way to make a living at snowmobiling, and, and that this exact topic is how I've, um, how I make a living, how I support uh, you guys and my family and, and this business um, is for um, to offer a service that takes what we do on the mountain every day and we try to teach that and implement that um, with the the up and coming mountain riders the the mountain riders that have been doing it for a long time uh, what's what's so cool about this sport is you can never be the best. Uh, we talk about that in our writers meeting all the time. What's so awesome about it is there's always another level and there's always um, progression to be made. Even uh, with you know myself and you and you know we ride six days a week for five months out of the year uh, and then we go down in the summer because we're still not sick of snow and we go ride in Chile and so you know we ride um, a bunch of days out of the year and yet we still. Um, are practicing the craft and working on the craft. And so when people come to us, um, and for those of you who don't know, we actually have a business called Brands Backcountry Adventure, uh, where you can actually come three days, four nights, and uh, learn how to ride your snowmobile, not have your snowmobile ride you. Um, so of course, uh, during that time, we're, we're obviously working on technique, but the big one that uh, we end up working a lot on is talking with the customers about proper sled setup, ways to make the sled work better for you. Yep. And it, it really does span that whole um, area of the, the rider being better and also the, the sled being better because, you know, it's like, why, why should you put these aftermarket skis on your snowmobile? Why should you put these aftermarket, you know, shocks, all of these different things. And when, guys come and visit our shop and see us and have sometimes an opportunity to ride these products, they can feel the difference. And that's just part of 
you know, what we, um, what we offer here. And you always talk about it is, you know, people are not just investing in their snowmobile. Yeah, they're not investing in their, uh, just the snowmobile. Um, you know, when when you come out and you you spend your hard-earned money to come be a better rider, that's something that, you know, you're investing in your skill set and your riding that you'll be able to take with you forever. And there's no amount of money that you can put into your snowmobile that will make you a better rider. It's uh, getting taught. It's getting it's breaking bad habits. It's you know. M- 99% of the people who come here um, admit 100% that I am self-taught, I have bad habits, I see what you do, it looks so easy, but when I do it, it feels like uh, I'm severely struggling with it and I fail. So that's uh, that's what we get to do, and, and it's so awesome. Um, so, so let's rewind yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, this is, this was our 12th year of guiding, uh, doing Brands Backcountry Adventure. You've been with for five years, five, five, yeah. five of those. Um, you know, it's pretty cool to see how our business model has shifted. Um, in the, in the beginning, um, my goal was to, to go, show people what was possible on a snowbill yeah. and we uh it basically went and kicked everybody's butt got yeah. them stuck showed yeah. them how cool everything was and op- really opened their eyes to what is possible not only with the sleds but the type of terrain you can access yeah. um as we've evolved um we've really and and it's been a lot more enjoyable more fulfilling um for me personally we've really evolved into um, the teaching side of things. Um, and and it's, it's, it's interesting because the teaching side, you'll get, you know, the, the, the good rider or above average riders. Wow, I don't need to be taught. I mean, I'm already the best rider in my group. I don't need to go and, and get better. And why would I pay someone to go ride when I can ride for free? Um, and I, it's fun when, when we get those guys, those are the guys that, the light turns on and they say, wow, I thought I was doing it right. I thought I was getting stuff done. I have a lot to work on. Um, and we, we describe it a couple different ways. One, um, we get, we get a lot of beginner mountain riders. We get, um, a ton of average mountain riders who understand the theory of counter steer wrong foot forward, and they do it in more open terrain. We get a few good riders and we get very few great riders. And what's really neat about our job is taking them whatever level they start on and, and bringing them up to the next one. Yeah. And like you said with me when I started working for you, and I was sweeping, kind of doing what Kyle does for you now, uh, it was like you just went to battle every day and got just stuck and went in the deepest, darkest drainages we can find. And now we that has changed to where... You know, like in my group, I usually take the mountain series, which is kind of the the more the average mountain rider or the more beginner mountain rider. And we're really working on technique. And my goal is at the end of three days, just like your goal is we want these guys to to have a new perspective on mountain riding and have the tools to go home, practice and become better riders. So hopefully they come back in a year or two and it's like we're on to the next step. Um, and so many guys just they they look at riding and they're like oh yeah i go ride for fun but why would i go practice so it's like just go practice for an hour 
um, every day and you know know what you need to work on we all know you're weak on the right side that's like everybody's <laughs> weakness given. yep so the, it's just it's just awesome how it has transformed into that and we just build way better relationships with the guys who come ride with us and people love it well and i um so so what we're going to do uh in this uh, episode is we're going to we're going to kind of talk about the the three days um of of what our agenda is and and what you get out of it but first Let's talk about the day they arrive. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, when you come here, you have the option of renting our sleds. Um, we have brand new sleds every year, which is uh, really cool for people to have the opportunity just to jump on a plane, bring their gear, and show up and ride uh, some awesome setup equipment uh, out in the backcountry. Uh, but you also have the option of bringing your own sled. And we get um, a lot of people who want to learn on what they have, uh, which is great. So we get all brands. Um, and, and so the first thing is when they show up, bring the sleds in the shop, you know, we, we all come up and start, uh, what do we got here? We are, invest, uh, we start investigating. Those bars are too tall. What weights do you have? I don't know. Why are your skis in the wide position? Why is your suspension set up like this? Yeah. Right. So, so a part of the experience is also talking about sled setup and, um, sled setup can be just as important as l- learning the new techniques because without one, it's really tough to get the other. Yeah. And, and it's very easy these days. There's so many aftermarket parts on, on the market that you could buy something that would potentially hurt your snowmobile and hurt your riding experience. And after you might not even know it or realize it. So that's, what's so great about, you know, we believe in the products that we use and, it gives guys the opportunity to sometimes try these products or um, just really explain to them in depth why we do what we do to our snowmobiles. Yeah. So let's talk about the the big two or three yeah. that we see that are, are the big mistakes. And again, the topic of this, of this uh, number three is how to become a better snowmobiler. Right. And how to become a better snowmobiler is to have a properly set up snowmobile yeah. for one. You have to have that. Um, I'm gonna go with the obvious one, uh, not for the first, and that is handlebar height yeah. or handlebar position. Um, for whether you ride a, a Polaris, Articat, or Skidoo, uh, bar position dictates rider position, rider position dictates uh, how to effectively move the snowmobile when you're out. So, um, Ross, what, I mean, let's, let's, why don't you break that down and yep. talk about, um, how we, how we should be setting up our bars, uh, when you're trying to get set up for, for mountain riding. Yep. Well, so our rule of thumb is, is however the post comes out of this machine. So the post angle, a skidoo is raked way back. A Polaris is more stood up. And the Articat's, I think, kind of right in the middle maybe. Or it's stood up as well. But we want our handlebar to come off that post in a straight line because that just makes it very natural how the snowmobile will turn. Um, if you have that bar pushed too far forward, we usually see them pushed too far forward. Rarely are they like slacked too far back. But too far forward just makes it really awkward and and, and weird. Um and that's especially on the skidoo. Especially the the do is the worst for it because because what we see uh, yeah. the difference on the steering between the do and the Polaris and the Articat is so um, you know the the skidoo basically turns 
up and down. Um, yep. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see that, yep. what, what I'm dis- displaying here, where on the Polaris and the Articat, it's more of a flat turning. Yep. Um, so you could see like on the Skidoo, and, and we see this so much, is um, where the, the riser block is stood up basically sticking straight up from that post and that really exaggerates gets that elbow up uh, when you're trying to counter steer which again everything that we're trying to teach out here is revolving around counter steering so it just puts the rider in a bad position and you know what's what's unfortunate is so i mean we we spot that front as they're driving down the the driveway yeah. into our spot they're like we're like uh-oh we got tall bars oh man and they're forward Two, two no-nos, yeah. right? Um, and so, uh, and that kind of leads us into the into the next one of, of bar height. Height, yep. yep. And the cool thing about, I mean, the bar, the positioning of the handlebar costs you $0. There's, that is one thing that you don't have to change or do anything of. When we go to bar height, sometimes you have to modify that. I mean, the, that's what's awesome about our new Polaris is when you snow check, you can get what bar height you want. And for 90% of consumers we believe that's the low bar yep um well and and then so let's let's use that yeah that example so i'm i'm six foot tall long lanky arms and legs and and i'm just kind of a taller guy yeah um and i run the lowest bar possible and the reason i do that is because again when when mountain riding we're constantly wanting to be on edge which is pulling the sled up to you so we can traverse a side hill on one ski and so anytime we pull the sled to us, that means it gets closer to us. If I have a tall bar, that tall bar wants to be up in my chest, uh, giving me less leverage. Then I have to scoot back on the sled and then I'm too far back, um, causing handling issues um, that, that will make, again, riding your sled harder. Um, so, uh, and I guess to, to kind of, to bounce one thing off of you is, yeah. The what's tough is so we, we go to the guy like, dude, your bars, why are your bar set up? I don't know. It came like that from the dealer. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's a tough one. Um, so we've done several videos and posts about talking about bar setup, but this is just another one to reiterate um, that it's it's extremely important and free. Yep. To to get your bar set up, sometimes like on the Skidoo uh, and or the Cat, you'd have to bar, buy lower risers. And on a Polaris, you would buy a lower bar. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that is this, the, the first thing that you should do is get your sled set up for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the, I think the common misconception is because like a long time ago, everybody was putting risers on. Yep. Now just half of us are putting risers on. <laughs> So the, the common misconception is like when you're standing on it, you're like, man, this feels nice up here, like going down the trail or in the shop, you try to get it on edge and you're like, man, I got a lot of leverage. But you put that, that 500 pound snowmobile on a steep hill, it is the lever against you and it will win that battle every single time. So we, we try to minimize that by just dropping that all the way down, giving us a better advantage on the snowmobile instead of it. When your handlebars are way up high, it just flings you down the hill. And we see it quite often, um, but it's just, that is the biggest thing um, for us for sure is the handlebar setup. Yep, so so that that's that's no, our number one agenda when yep. we get one of our uh, clients into the shop and we, we basically help them get their stuff set up to where uh, they 
are going to feel the most comfortable while trying to do the things that we're going to be teaching. Um, second one, and this one is a, can be a little bit of a, a tricky one as well, is is clutch setup. Um, you know, the to be the one thing that you do have control of out on the mountain is uh, the performance of your snowmobile. And so we see it time and time again. Um, and we, we send this in our in our our letter when you book a trip. Okay, get ready for for the time of your life. You're um, you're going to be riding at ten to twelve thousand feet, and so you need to make sure that your sled is set up for these conditions. And then we get guys who show up here, and the first day, I mean, they're running around at seventy five hundred feet or seventy five hundred RPM, and the sleds won't even get out of their own way. And uh, it's you know it's these little things, and it's. For a lot of you guys who tr who travel to places, a lot of our guys who are those, those dedicated dudes from uh, you know Michigan and Iowa and Minnesota who are traveling to Cook City or Colorado or wherever, yeah, um, you got to have your sled set up for the elevation. Um, a good dealer will be able to help you with that. But that's something that we also offer on our end too, of just being able to help basically get your sled set up for elevation. Yeah, that. That performance is the biggest thing, and you know we're changing clutch everywhere we go. We run different clutch weights essentially um, for the, for the Polaris. The Skidoo has clickers, I believe. Still, I don't yeah. really know. Honestly. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, so there, you know, once you buy one set, I mean, you can use that set for years and years as long as you maintain weight bushings and stuff. So um, it is, you know, the best little investment is just to have the right set of weights for what you need to go do so you can get the job done and have a good good day on the hill yeah and then and then you know at, so after the two major ones uh bar setup clutching make sure our sled's going to perform then it's the little ones making sure suspension is is somewhat dialed in yeah. um and we're, we're going to do a, a podcast on 100 percent suspension setup uh we've had a lot of demand for that basically how to set up a stock sled uh, what's the advantages of going aftermarket? How do you uh, set up aftermarket suspension? So we're going to dive into that. But our general rule is here, basically, we're going to do everything in our power to try to make the sled easier to get on edge. Mm -hmm. And so um, generally, that is a fairly soft setup. However, um, in the rear suspension, you want that to be not too soft where it just wheelies all over the place and, and around. And so that's where you'll see some of the advantages go, of going aftermarket as well. Um, but with suspension, there's always give and take. So that's something that we'll we'll dive into in a future podcast. Um, so we've got uh, suspension set up. Uh, you, uh, all the sleds now, you can adjust kind of where your skis are. Uh, we like to be either in the center uh, and or in the narrow. Again, just doing whatever we can to help get that sled up on edge and initiate better. Yep. So once, once we have, so that, that's, that's a prerequisite and already, you know, people come in and say, huh, well, I didn't think I was going to get, um, yelled at for my sled, not yep. being right, but thank you for that. I think this is going to help. And Kyle, Kyle can, will have your sled set up. If you're just like, say, Hey, give him a, like, you know, a nice compliment. He'll have your sled set up in about 47 seconds. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we'll, we're here to help out. Um, and just do little things and make sure that they're ready for their first three days. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll, we'll 
dive into this more on a, on a future one, but you know, talking about throttle position, yeah. brake position, all of that, all of those things make it make a big difference. All right, so now that we've kind of talked about sled setup, that's your that was our first agenda as you got into the shop. Um, now it's our favorite part: get getting on the snow. Um, we got three days to change your perspective on what is possible with a snowmobile and hopefully give you a new skill set that you'll be able to take with you forever. Um, day one, please don't take this the wrong way, but I call it a kick in the balls. <laughs> that, that's what day one is, is about. Um, you know, when, when you're self-taught or when you're new to the sport and or you've been doing the, the same bad thing, bad habits for 25 years, um, that's what day one's all about is breaking bad habits and um, essentially starting to implement the things that we're trying to teach you to let the sled do the work instead of the sled working you. Yep. And on that day one, before we even leave, we have our riders meeting, which is now way longer than it was before because before it was like, all right, got all your stuff. Don't do anything stupid. Let's go ride. <laughs> now it's we we go break it down. We talk to every each guy, figure out what they want to get out of the experience, and it really kind of just sets the tone for what we're gonna get into, and um, we can feel our, our our guys out a little bit better. So and and what we ended up doing is I actually recorded part of Chris's riders meeting where he talks about the um, the basics of mountain riding and posted on YouTube and man that video went really big and we really didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So we know that you guys are hungry for those kind of things. So if you want to, you know, see some of that, that's on Chris's YouTube uh, channel, five or the basics of mountain riding, it's called. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite parts about the riders meeting is going over um, all of the techniques that we implement while we're on the snowmobile. So I'm doing things in the, in the shop on a sled, talking about foot placement, counter steering how to get up on edge and it's 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 really entertaining it you so i'm watching you know the group as i'm explaining this and some of them it looks like i'm just talking to them in chinese <laughs> uh which and and you know they're they're their nervousness went from here to about here for that first day. And, and, you know, it's, it's fun to calm them down. Don't worry guys. I know this, like I have a lot to cover right now, but we'll go again. We'll go over it all again when you're stuck on the very first hill. Um, and, and then, so we do the riders meeting and at the end of the riders meeting, we go through the whole group and we ask specifically, what do you struggle with? What's your experience and what are you hoping to get out of this? And you know, my favorite one is, well, I really want to learn the hop over. Kyle, Kyle and I are like, yeah, we do too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and you know, I guess so. My smartass comment back is, well, let's work on side hilling first, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of try to trans uh, transform into the into the hop over. But so it's, I I think what's what's so cool and unique about day one is, um, I've had some. I've had some really good riders here this year specifically, yeah. and it, and it's it's awesome to get the 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 really good guys because they're just a few tweaks away from being great riders. Um, but even a really good rider, you go get them on an open slope with old tracks, just kind of junk snow, and have to make them do it perfect on an open slope, 
and we can find little things that they're doing not quite right. They could go and do a gnarly line through the tree, through the trees, but you stick them out on this open stuff where what how we explain it, you need to be a 10 out of 10 yeah. on the open stuff so you can hope to be an 8 out of 10 in the trees. And that's something that um, I know you work really hard with your guys because your guys aren't quite ready for the trees on day one, um, but it's our goal end of day two and all of day three to get them into that type of terrain. Yep. And, you know, with my group, we're my favorite is when I get guys that – want to learn and are ready to work hard um yeah it's, it's a vacation but at the same time like it's there's no better time than these three days to really take your riding to the next level and uh man when i get those guys we just start in the beginning and we just start kicking those bad habits getting on edge and you know we, we tell them that like yeah this is an open hill and if you go downhill you can just it's fine but pretend that there's a creek in the bottom. Mm -hmm. Pretend that there's trees down there. Because if you lose edge on this open hill, then imagine what you're going to do on a hill with consequences. So really just implementing these small things. And I mean, you could watch every single snowmobile movie ever. You could watch and you would never pick up all of these small things. That And the small things are usually what turn light switches on for guys. And that's when they're like, oh man, that, that was way easier. Or, yeah. oh... You know, it just, it, it, it can happen so fast for certain riders, which is just awesome to see. And I think that's what's really neat. We, we, a ton of our, our clientele, they get here. I've been watching your school videos forever and every YouTube video you make. And, um, that's why I'm here. Uh, and so, and those help, but just like you said, there's nothing that replaces us being able to, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Your foot's too far forward. You're parallel with the running board. Your eyes are down. Your shoulders aren't square to the hill. You know, all of these things that you don't realize that you're doing wrong when you're just riding. And the other thing is when you're riding, you're constantly avoiding the things that make you uncomfortable. And that's called riding comfortable. And when you're riding comfortable, you're not pushing yourself. When you make a mistake out the open, you don't realize mentally that you actually made a mistake. You lost edge and you turned down. By the drills on day one, we are constantly pounding in your head that this is not correct of what you're doing. And we need to fix that. Um, you know, one of the things in the riders meeting, I stole this from somewhere, but um, if you keep doing the same thing, exact same thing, making the same mistake, expecting a different result. That is all we know the definition of insanity. So we have a lot of insane snowmobilers thinking that they can go on the right side, grab the mount bar, stick their butt out, hold the throttle, not, not quite wide open, but <laughs> carry speed across the hill instead of technique, thinking that that, that, that will work. And so you know, and that's just, that's just one example. Our biggest thing is you have to be comfortable with being on edge. And with on edge, you have to do three things at once. We talk about the counter steer, wrong foot forward, and the throttle is the most important part. The timing of all of that is 100% key. And then the big one um, is getting back in control with that finger on the brake. Um, you know, I always use my middle finger, so I'm always flipping people off constantly yeah. throughout the day, reminding them to get their finger on the brake because the throttle is what moves the sled. 
um, 100%. And if we're trying to move the sled with our body, then we're going to be worn out at three o'clock, which three o'clock we call ghost ride 30, uh, because you're actually falling off your snowmobile and, and physically not able to do the things that you could do earlier, because again, you're muscling the sled instead of relying on technique. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is, is we guys wonder, they're like, man, you guys ride fresh snow all the time. Like, oh yeah, it snows every single day here, which is not the case. What, what, how we're able to do that is we're so confident in these certain maneuvers and one being like a downhill turn. I work with guys on that a lot is being able to kind of poke your head into a new zone or a drainage and kind of see what's going on and then being like, oh, it looks awesome down there. Let's go in or let's turn out. And, you know, you, you're talking about break. Earlier this season, I was filming with Phil, who we film with all the time, and um, he he's going down this hill on edge, and I'm behind him, and I see his brake light like flickering, and I saw that, and then I started thinking about how much I was using the brake, and I bet him and I used the brake a hundred times going down a hundred yard stretch of trees. Um, so it's but but you're using the throttle too. right at the same time yeah yep to keep the track rolling because if the if the track would lock up in that situation you have the tendency to wash out yep which is you know that that downhill descent that's a whole another move but what I explain to my guys is because sometimes you have you, let's say you have an advanced group and I have some guys that want to go with you but we need to work on some things I always tell them what we're doing here in the open on this you know less steep hill is exactly what Chris and his guys are doing in the gnarly. Like it's the same thing. It's to, just to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just more consequences. You have to be more aggressive and you have to be on your toes. So, and in my group, unfortunately <laughs> you're going to get stuck way more. Yeah. Um, I call my type of teaching force learning, uh, because I'm going to go put you in a situation that you have to do it correctly. Um, and so at the beginning of day one, I have like s seven guys, right? And then day two, I'm down to four and day three, I'm like got one guy left who, who wants to still kind of ride with me. And Roscoe's got like yeah. 12 guys. It's awesome. The Ross and Andrew train is looking pretty good sometimes by day three. Okay. That's not exactly <laughs> like that, but, but yeah. Um, but so, you know, we talk about, um, in the riders meeting our our two hand signals that you're going to see from the guides the most. And that is, you know, finger on the brake. I use my middle finger. Roscoe is a pointer finger guy. Um, and then eyes up. And so it's, the eyes up deal is it's crazy how that affects you is your body can only do what your mind tells it to do and when you're looking down or looking at the tree you end up at the tree and so um that's just that's just how it ha that's how it works and so the the that hand signal of eyes up you're never going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish if you're staring down at your bumper right yep and it's it's like i always use the example it's like driving down the freeway and you look at your speedometer and you're doing like 85 and the speed limit 65 it's because you're looking so far ahead that you don't even realize how fast you're going so with when your eyes go up everything changes for guys and it it's the hardest thing and especially like we i go yo eyes up eyes up eyes up and then after lunch it's like guys start to get tired and then i'm yelling <laughs> it still and their eyes go back down and they're back looking at their bumper so 
that's kind of, we we try to end day one on a positive note, but sometimes yeah. our guys get a little tired and and um, you know, so then we call it a day. Well, and and so again, kind of kind of to recap what day one is about. It's okay. We're gonna go do some drills. We're gonna go get out, out on an open slope. We're gonna see the skill level of our riders. And within our group, there's always. Uh, a skill level here, here, and here. Uh, that's why we ride with a lead guy and a sweep guy. Um, and most of the time, we're still able to ride uh, with everybody together. But sometimes there's some separation there. And hey, Andrew, um, I want you to take these three guys. They they need they're starting in in the basement. They need to understand how to counter steer wrong foot forward. And then we get a couple guys. We go get up on the slope who who already understand the theory but just need to work on the technique side of things and so you know that's again that's what day one is all about is trying to figure out how to understand um the technique side of things and and breaking bad habits um and that's what that's what the focus and shift is to day two and 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 day two day two is a big one um you know at the beginning of day two, guys are sore and tired. Um, but the great thing about it is they are mentally, they know what they're getting into. Yeah. They know the type of terrain that we're going to go ride. They, they are starting to understand the snow, the equipment, the sleds, all of that stuff. And so day two is where we really start to see some progression. And in day two, we, we let off the gas. We start to slowly let off the gas of, doing like drills on an open side hill and start bringing guys into, you know, the fun terrain yep. where they can start putting these these skills and techniques to the test and start doing, you know, hopefully some things that they would have been uncomfortable doing what before they came yeah. to ride with us. Yeah. yeah. And and one thing that I'm not the nicest teacher um, <laughs> because – so I will, I'll use the term, I'm an aggressive teacher. And I'm an aggressive teacher because, for one, I only get you for three days. And for two, if, if I see you not doing it quite right and I let that go, then, again, you're going to think that that is okay. And in a pressure situation, you're going to revert back to what you know. And in those pressure situations where you're in the trees, you have to be on edge or you start to lose edge, you hit an old track and something happens – I want you to 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 go to I want your go to to be what we're teaching you. And so if I just patted you on the shoulder and said you were doing a great job um, and and you weren't quite doing it perfect, then you wouldn't get better. Um, and so that's what's cool about day two is because of the kick in the balls of day one. And, oh my gosh, this is harder than I thought. How many times have we heard, I usually do better than this? Yeah. Well, you usually do better this than this because you're riding in conditions that you're familiar with. You're riding in easier terrain, uh, better snow, right? Um, so those, all those factors really lead up to um, you riding within your comfort zone. Right. And our goal is... Of course, we don't want you riding over your head, but we're going to push you to getting more comfortable being uncomfortable. Yep, exactly. And it's just it's just so awesome that, you know, 
like I, I was just thinking you should you should try working for Chris. You think he's mean when you're a, <laughs> when you're you come right with this when when I screw up. He's like, "What are you doing?" And it's we we don't ride hard together that often cuz we're always split up, but um Kyle can attest to this for sure, you know. Like, you know, his big thing is working on the hopover and like he'll go do one that's like so close or like he gets it done but it's not perfect and I've heard Chris be like yeah you know it worked but it wasn't quite perfect so you know just striving to be your best when when you're out there is is our goal for ourselves and our clientele yeah and that's that's very well put is and it's just it's the it's not it's the same whether you guys are doing something where I'm pushing you to do something and or when I go push myself um, I specifically remember a line I did this year. I come out of this hole and I'm like, oh my gosh, I see the top. And I got fixed just a little, there's a little dinky tree. And I fixed my eye to it just for a brief second. And what do I do? I drive right to it. I clip my ski off of it. It screws me up. I end up underneath the shelf, stuck bigger than crap right in, in between two trees. And it was one of those things where I had to be perfect in that situation and I wasn't and, it, and I made a mistake. And what we always say on the mountain is, you know, we, get, we always hear this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm stuck again. I'm like, whoa, whoa no sorries. You don't need to tell me you're sorry. We expect you to be stuck here. And it's never a mistake as long as a lesson is learned. That's called um, a lesson, right? We we learned from it and we're going to fix it and we're going to be better next time. Um, so uh, again, day two, you're starting off where we really started clicking at the end of day one before you got tired and you could barely stand on your snowmobile. Yep. Um, and so what's happening now is you're starting to be more automatic. Um, you're not having to think about the process as much. Like, okay, so what did he say? He said, uh, I got a counter steer, wrong foot forward. Oh my God, when do I use the brake? How much throttle? Uh, where's my foot supposed to be? All of these things are starting to be more automatic. And that's what's so cool to watch. And as the rider, they don't see this. They don't see this progression that they're making because they're still making mistakes and getting stuck. But what they don't realize is we're in harder terrain. We're, we're Now we're in the trees a little bit. And now we're in um, more challenging so because it's softer. It's not as tracked up. And so it's cool. But, um, and, and it's really, again, setting us up for that magical day three. Yep. And at the end of day two, before everybody starts getting tired, we can start to see it, what you just explained. And then, you know... We call it Ghost Ride 30. Everybody starts to get tired, and it 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 earned the name Ghost Ride 30 because that's when people start letting go of snowmobiles and they just coast down the hill and hit trees. So we try to we try to leave before we enter Ghost Ride 30. We try to call it a day and get ready for the magical day three. Yeah, and you know I think the the big thing that we really focus on on that day two is again, you're starting to look at things different now. And um, with the whole eyes up, uh, eyes up should start be starting to be your, your main priority. Um, because as we're keeping our eyes up, that allows us to use more throttle. And as we use more throttle, that helps us move the sled. Um, one of the things, and we kind of skipped this on day one, was... Um, 
probably the number one thing that people do wrong when they first show up here is they ride too fast. Yeah. Especially East Coast guys and Midwest guys. Not afraid of the gas. No. But when you're using throttle to carry you across the hill, that's relying on speed and not technique. And so that's something that now on day two is starting to be magical and something that we say is you should be able to stop at any time on any hill on edge. And if you can't, you're you're going too fast. And so that's what allows you to get into that more technical terrain is being able to be on edge, but more importantly, be in control. Yep. And so it's really cool. You've seen some of our pictures that we post or videos that we post riding with the group where you see like 10 guys parked on edge up on a hill. Well, what you didn't see was day one, there was one guy and that was me <laughs> parked yeah. on, on the hill on edge. Or, and there was a couple guys parked nose high that got stuck, a couple guys that got rolled over and a few guys who said, I don't even know what edge is. Yeah. And then in that short progression, we can get them up, up onto that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for you guys who are who are weekend warriors and and don't get to maximize, um, or sorry, don't get a ton of time to practice. What we always preach is, you know, whether you get six days a year on the hill or twenty days a year on the hill, you have to maximize those opportunities by putting yourself in those situations where you can practice. And it's not like you need to go do a drill, right? You don't need to go up and just practice setting yourself on edge and nose low or doing a downhill turn or whatever but it's just something where you need to keep pushing yourself to to practice because again when you when you revert back to riding comfortable you're not really pushing yourself um, to get yourself ready for that next situation and for the guys that do get those six days we can't control the weather so when you plan a trip on a bad weather weekend the snow's hard or it's just not perfect you know, that's the best time to practice because those conditions are a little bit tougher. And when, when you can do it in those conditions and then you get that like eight inch, eight to 10 inches of fresh on top of a good base, look out. It's then it's all time fun and you're just ripping Yeah. because you put in the legwork, um, you know, maybe when conditions weren't perfect. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of the things I really enjoy about our, our zone here uh, in Colorado is that we are faced with some of the most challenging conditions you could ever ride in and or teach in. Yeah. We have sugar snow. We're at 12,000 feet. So you have no power in your snowmobile. You can't breathe because we're at 12,000 feet. Um, and it's, it's just hard. Um, and so when we get these guys and, you know, that that's when we get the statement. I usually do better than this. Well, you do better than this again, because you're riding in your comfort zone in your comfortable conditions. And it's harder here. But when you go home and you ride in those conditions and you take what you've learned here and you take that and apply it, it's awesome to see how much more momentum you can carry, how you can ride more neutral instead of run foot forward. So then you're conserving energy and you're not getting stuck as much because you have a plan B now and all of these things, um, again, that, that we focus on. So. so now let's talk about the third day and how, I mean, it is, it is very different than the first day and it depends on the group too. Um, you know, ultimately as guides and teachers, we're here for our, our customers. So you know, sometimes for me, day three is like, all right, guys, we put in the work day one, day two, and they just want to rip around and have some fun and, you know, hang out. Then that's awesome. Or if they're like, 
we want to keep learning, we'll do that. So day three is kind of more of a free day for a lot, a lot of times and um, or a go kick your butt final end day. So, you know, it, it, it varies from group to group or we've even had days when we just take everybody together and uh, and really cater to our guys and make sure that they're they're happy. And maybe if there's something that they wanted to work on that they didn't get a chance to, mm-hmm. we can kind of hone in on that that yeah. last day. So my favorite part about day three is, uh, you know, again, I always have a goal or, or agenda of where I want to get to on that on that third day. And it's it's pushing them. It's it's for me, it's the reward of all the butt kicking and hard work of getting to learn and getting more comfortable and getting dialed in on those day on day one and day two. And so I always have a, a, a spot in mind where I think we can get everybody up through here. And, and when you get that group up either on that gnarly hill or up to the top and we're high five and, and, and you're sitting there and you got helmets off and, and you're looking at the group and do you guys remember day one when you couldn't be on edge on the hill down there? Like, you, you couldn't literally do that and look what you're doing right now yeah. as they're si- sitting yeah. on edge with, you know, consequences below right. them. And they couldn't do it above the trail on yeah. day one. They're like, ah, I would never have come up here before. That, I mean, for me, that, I mean, that's my favorite part about day three is, is just to reap the rewards of, of, to be honest, all the work. And that's the one thing that we, we stress in our writers meeting and that we can't reiterate enough, no matter if you're coming here and spending your harder money to become a better rider and, or you're just riding up on the mountains by yourself with your, or with your buddies is there's no replacement for hard work and you can't become a better rider, uh, just tooling around. And if that's just, if that is your goal and your agenda is just to, to go ride, that's fine. That's, and we I totally respect that. And, um, but for guys to be successful here, you have to put the work in hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's, what's always so rewarding on day three is to see what happens when you do put the work in. Yeah. And I, and I think as, you know, guys, um, because of the way that we're structured and, you know, it's an expensive trip to come out here. And, you know, I think of guys like my dad, he's not, he doesn't really want to go to the NAR anymore. Like he's out there just to have fun and, and rip around. But man, if I can make that easier for guys like that, um, you know, hone the skills, kick some bad habits and make their current zones that much more fun. Then it, it, we, we see a lot of guys leave with like just a new expectation on riding for themselves and what, how much more fun it can be. Well, and I mean, how many times have we heard, I mean, they're so jacked at the end of day three, especially like we're sitting in a spot that they would never have ever thought to take their snowmobile, right? And they say uh, to their buddy, dude, can you, we're going to go into hell's hole and we're going to get out of that, yeah. right? Yep. That, and so it's it's really awesome to be able to revitalize the sport for these people um that thought they were getting stuff done mm-hmm. right they thought they were good riders um and maybe they were good riders at home with their group because they were the best guys but when they come here um it, they got exposed to what's next and and um i think that is the coolest part about my job is um you know this year we we got several of these messages and it's it's just really humbling is um, 
I got more out of this than I expected. And we were coming here just for fun and for something new. And we left here with something that we'll never forget. And um, we have a lot to work on and we'll see you next year. Yep. And that's that's really cool. And, and we even had a couple guys this year who came early season, maybe kind of got their butt kicked, struggled, had a lot to work on, went home, practiced like crazy, came back late season with something to prove and we're like holy cow you're a whole you're a total different rider yeah like they went home and worked on it and it's just that's what's super fun to see is they show up and they're like i've been practicing dude we had pilot lee yeah he he first day up at grizzly we had you know i had the more advanced group and uh the guys who needed to go work on stuff and you know we asked people kind of where where do you think you are and lee's like oh yeah yeah i'm going with you chris first 15 minutes he's like i do not belong here i need to get the hell out of here yeah uh but he 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 persevered through it but he took it to heart and that's what's cool about our clientele is we're competitive people we don't want to suck at something we no. want to be good um and the only way to be good is to practice and work on it and lee came back uh end of march with determined and um had put some a lot of work in throughout the, that middle part of the season and uh, kick butt. So yeah. it was cool. It was super cool to see. So, well, let's wrap this up. Um, this has been another really fun one. You know, the title of this one is, uh, what are we titling it? Becoming a Better Snowmobiler. Becoming a Better Snowmobiler. And, you know, this isn't just an infomercial uh, for what we do here at Brands Backcountry Adventure. It really is. Um, it should be your goal whether you decide to come here um, and or if you do uh, what you do on the mountain. It's about pushing yourself. It's about making sure that your sled is set up so it's working for you, not against you. Um, and it's in the end, it's um, pushing yourself. And, you know, those are the things that we do here. Um, so it's convenient that when you come here, you get you get all of that. But for those of you guys who just want to become that better rider, the only way to do it is to go work your ass off. And that's it. And so um, we, uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about uh, in the future coming up. Um, I don't know what we're going to do on the next one. Yeah. Well, we'll think of something. It won't be long. Either. Yeah. Um, and you just said it wasn't infomercial, but it's, I just remembered we're running snow check right now for 2020. That's true. <laughs> so this is actually timed quite well uh, that, you know, we have some dates that you can come ride in the mountain series, put, uh, probably with myself um, and go, you know, practice what we were just talking about. And, you know, if you snow check with us, you can get $500 towards climb gear, which is pretty insane. Yeah. 500 bucks in free climb gear just for coming out to become a better snowmobiler. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah. That sounds like a good time. Can I sign up for that? No. Oh, all right. Well, um, yeah. Thanks guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, like if you're listening on iTunes, write a review, um, subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, just stay connected with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys soon. We'll see you next week. Hopefully Ross can figure out how to make this work when he's in Oregon and I'm here. See ya. See ya.